Hey everybody, it's Jack Mitchell again, SBO Perspectives. As of every week, always have something great in store. Um, this brother on today, uh, man, I gotta tell you, he's like one of the best in, uh, the, in our SBO world. Um, great colleague, great friend. Um, you know, I, I wanna call him King of the North, <laughs> but um, he's, he's on, he, he's like, um, he listen he runs the city saratoga is synonymous with him and um you know like him being on the board that directs with me kind of like guided me um me coming on a couple years ago um but i want to give him a proper introduction so um he's a military guy marine six years proud you know serves um originally from oregon um just great out there um country and um you know like he he started off Western New York, got his credentials. He moved up, and like I said, I mean, great guy. I I never forget one of my my first interactions. I remember going to a conference, and he was doing like a presentation, and I never saw a presentation like this before. I never forget. You, he may not even remember. So I'm gonna ask him in a minute. Um, but it was about ROI, and I was like, this guy's talking about return investment, and like, but not not as far as like making money on your money like you know but just talking about what you invest in for the students you know equipment things like that how that comes back and how you measure it and that was that was really deep thing but anyway let me give the proper due this is my good friend colleague tim hooker what's going on tim jack mitchell thanks for having me brother (laughs) um i don't know what to say after that introduction man i don't get that nah listen (laughs) everybody comes on the podcast gets that because you guys are taking the time. Um, I'm having fun. Like this is just it's just natural, you know, and I love talking to everybody all around the state and just connecting. This is the best way. And at the same time, like giving, you know, people some perspective. That's what it's called. That's real perspective, something to think about. And really just having a good time. I mean, it's it's great. And you know, last couple of years on the board it's been it's been tough, you know, for over the past year with the pandemic, but um we're still um, you know, doing doing pretty well. All right, so that. All right, so um, let me get rolling. Um, so the topic today is about team building. Um, you've got a big, big team. I know every time I'm always fascinated when you talk about, you know, your district, and I mean it's huge, and the things you guys do and accomplish there. It's it's really something to look up to, and a lot of SBOs listening out there, give this guy a call if, if you're ever making moves to a bigger district or whatever. But this topic, team building, I think will help a lot of folks out there because, um, you know, it doesn't matter what size issue you're, you're gonna have to have a good team if you're gonna be successful. So um, I'm gonna jump it off with just the basic question: What does it take to build a great team? What do you think? How do you build a great team, man? Um, there's, you know, I, I tried to simplify it just so that we could, you know, break it down and have a conversation about it. But there's really so much to it. It's a lot easier to say than it is to do. But mm-hmm. um, I, I guess it put into a couple of words, I'd say vision and compassion. Um, you've got to have it 
vision to know where you're going, um, what you want to do, how you're going to get there. And, you know, for me, I'm always, I'm constantly thinking about um, what might my next move be if uh, this person retires or this person moves into that department or whatever. Um, So Mm -hmm. I'm always thinking about options. The other thing is, is, and I think in our industry, it's kind of normal to fall into the routine of somebody leaves, you replace them, somebody else leaves, you replace them. But I think for me, um, I've really challenged myself and I think challenged the system uh, to think about positions differently and how can I uh, mold this position to meet the needs of either the department or the organization. Um, and that's a little bit of a craft in the, the environment we live in, obviously, because of civil service and, yeah. and uh, PERB and tenure and all mm-hmm. that stuff. But, but um, you know, I think I've written almost as many job descriptions for new positions <laughs> as I have positions because that's just what I do like things evolve so fast and yeah. I think you kind of have to to change with it to keep up and um, you know you talked about the academic return on investment presentation mm-hmm. and not to get sidetracked here but one of the positions that I'm most proud of is the um, director for budget and program integration position that mm-hmm. is um, essentially, you know, I, he reports to me, but I tell you, it's more like a, a team dynamic because he comes from, um, a, an educational background. He's been with the district a long time. He came up as a teacher and administrator and, nice. and having that experience in the business office, um, and the work we're doing on academic return on investment, it has, um, built so many bridges with, uh, other facets of the organization. And so, um, you know, that, that's just one example, but, uh, you know, I, like I said, my mind is constantly working on what next and how can I do this better and what are the needs of the organization? Um, and I think that's a good segue into compassion. I think you've got to understand where your people are at. Um, you can gain a lot from listening to them about what the needs are and, um, when you're kind of conflicted between either uh, two different needs or um, two different people for a given position or whatever, yeah. um, your, your people can give you a lot of insight and um, really guide you to that, mm-hmm. uh, that decision that you know deep down in your gut is the right decision. But beyond that, just having compassion for the needs of your staff and understanding, especially with younger generations now that, um, you know, it's, it's not the, um, environment that some of us grew up in where, Mm -hmm. you know, your, your job was first and foremost. And then, um, you know, at the end of the day, you go home to your family. There's so much overlap now between, uh, family life and work life that you've got people's needs. And, and and one more thing on that topic is, Mm -hmm. um, you know, you got to get to know them. There's a lot to be said for just talking to people, but um, get to know their strengths and weaknesses and play to those strengths. Uh, yeah. I, I think about the, the Jim Collins, you know, the, the good to great, get the right people yep. uh, in the in the right seat on the bus. And, and that's mm-hmm. true. There's I'm not discounting that, but uh, 
Great I've become work. a really big fan of Simon Sinek, and he talks a lot about this topic uh, as a whole. And, um, you know, I was listening to him recently and him talking about how it doesn't matter if you get the right people in the right seats if they don't care mm. or if you don't care about them. And that's true. Wow. I think that's so true, man, because to have a great team, you guys have to be firing on all cylinders and people have to be healthy in mm. all aspects of their life. For sure. And, you know, I guess interesting, you touched upon really the second question was really, you know, how, how do you get to know your staff and then manage these different personalities? I mean, you hit on a little bit, but maybe you can kind of go a little bit more as to how you deal with that. Because in team building, you know, like you said, putting them in the right seat, you got to get to know them, right? You got to know what seat they fit in. And then, like, right. you know, how to manage, you know, personalities. Like, is this seat too close to the front? You know, and, and who's yeah. around that, who, who's around that, you know, proximity? Or you need to put this person in the middle of the bus, you know, or whatever. So, but yeah, how would you, you know, go about doing those kind of things? Well, I, I touched on talking to people. Again, it seems so simple, but yep. um, it's so easy. To, I do this frequently is yeah. I get caught up in what I need to do in my day to day and just mm-hmm. meeting all the deadlines and reorganizing priorities. But, uh, you know, you, you got to make the time to connect with people. The other thing, too, is I think you've got to, you know, we talk about lead by example, and, and that's, true, that's great, yeah. and, that's, and that's true, but you also have to communicate that out to people. Like, let them know where you're at, what you're doing, why you're doing it, most importantly, um, because people really, um, when they respect you and they respect the work you're doing, um, they they open up to you they they want to they want you to know what they're doing they want to know you to know who they are um and so you know you can gain a lot uh by leading by example and and i thought about this question jack and Mm -hmm. um i would tell people don't try to manage personalities um you know, you're going to work with a lot of dynamic personalities. And, and you know, from time to time, there are things that you have to try to correct, or, you know, and steer them in the right direction or, you know, whatever the case. You're going to deal with those things. But be strong enough to let their personalities develop how you manage. You know, uh, if you're really self-actualized uh, yourself as a person, but also in your role, mm-hmm. um, it's a lot easier, I think, to be flexible, to to let them um, have some voice and choice in the way of either the office or the organization or, or whatever project you're working on. Um, but, I, you know, I would tell you, I don't think you want to try to manage personalities. I, I think you want okay. to... Um, like I said, get to know them and and let that become kind of part of who you are and how you lead. Okay, okay, interesting, interesting stuff. Um, you know, I mean, I always questions I kind of come up with, I kind of have it like in sequence so that it kind of builds to the conversation and and flows. You know, when we're getting back to that, I love that example about putting in the right seat. That's like we use that probably all week long. <laughs> Um, how do you really define what seat they're in? Because the question really for me is, um, you know, clearly defining roles and responsibilities, that's how you get the team to run, right? Like, what seat, that's really where you're putting them. And h- how do you do that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, some of that, you know, is just naturally shaped by the 
the office functions that we have to perform or by internal controls or, you know, whatever. But, um, you know, I I guess I go back to defining the position and letting uh, the needs of the office and or the organization define um, what that position is. You know, to be honest with you, I had a firsthand experience with this where, um, there were two people uh, in, in the business office who were sort of co-handling accounts payable and purchasing. Mm-hmm. And one had been there for a really long time. And the other position, when, when it became vacant, became hard to keep somebody in that position. And what I found uh, after I went through this a couple times mm-hmm. was that position wasn't clearly defined. And I, I don't think that the people that we hired into that position really um, understood understood it, it, didn't yeah. have ownership over it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that kind of made me take a step back when it was vacated the second time. And I spent at least six months wow. really kind of digging down into, okay, what do what are the needs here? Like, mm-hmm. you know, I, I read through um, some of our audit comments. I talked to my staff. I I came up with all kinds of different options, and I I kind of kicked the tires on them for a long time. And um, I, I finally landed on, you know what? I I need one person to handle accounts payable, and then I need somebody with a specialized purchasing skills that can really um, help me out because I'm the purchasing agent. But um, you know, to separate those out and have more clear uh, roles and responsibilities. And that was my most recent one was I just wrote a job description and had it approved for uh, a purchasing specialist. And so, um, you know, that's, again, just an example of letting the needs of the organization drive drive uh, how you build your team. Um, The other thing I'll say on that topic is it's it's kind of like negotiating your salary right you your real opportunity there is in the beginning the first is the first time <laughs> I'm about you do to say it. yeah who does that <laughs> you know how this goes right yeah. because once somebody gets in there and gets That's settled it. and set in their ways you know it's not that you can't tweak it and and change the expectation a little but you don't see the major shifts like you have the opportunity to make yeah. Uh, when ground. you're first hiring somebody and or first creating a position. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. and, and then from there, you, you just kind of let people develop and grow, you know, the, um, some, depending on the role or what, there may be cross training, there may be coverage, but encourage people to develop and grow. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and with that, I'd say let the positions develop and grow if it's appropriate. Um, yeah. You know, it's funny because I was just having this conversation with our um, leadership team the other day about you know we were we were hiring for a newly created position. It was not in our department, but mm-hmm. um, it was a cabinet level position, and we were kind of between a few candidates, and they're like, "Well, but what if that person leaves in three to five years?" And I raised my hand and spoke up, and, and mm-hmm. I talked ab- about the director of budget and program integration who I hired who could easily go and become a superintendent at any time now. Mm-hmm. And um, I knew when I hired him that 
I might only get three to five years, mm-hmm. but that doesn't scare me. Uh, right. I actually encourage that and I encourage people when they ask me, they're like, oh, I kind of want to take this college course or I kind of want to go for this other position. And I'm like, go do for it. it. Yeah. Go if that's, yeah. Mm-hmm. Because if people feel stuck or they're not happy, you're going to lose them either way. Yeah. And so stagnate um, and, the team. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think um, not only for, the the value that you get for the organization if you only get three to five good years out of somebody who's stellar and then you hire somebody else who's stellar that's that's kind of how this works right but Mm -hmm. um some people shy away from that you know they don't well i don't want to have to replace them in a few years but you know it, it that's okay and i guess and i think a little bit more broadly about this i feel like um in some respects that we we do a service to our profession by doing that you develop people as um as leaders and and sometimes that means they move up within the organization but sometimes that means that that they move up and out but Mm -hmm. in the end you're you're adding value to the profession also yeah i I believe in that 110 percent. so that's good stuff wow We, we we're running through time and i know that um yeah, I don't want to keep too too long, but um, this is really good um, stuff when people hear this. Um, I guess well, I only had a couple more questions, but I do want to kind of maybe see, just in your words, how critical is the feedback for the team? Because I, I mean, I I know that's that's huge, and I also the other question real quick, and you can maybe do two part question here, but really how are you acknowledging or rewarding those efforts, right? Because you want to celebrate the successes, you want to make make sure that they, they you know there's known. So, um, so that's that that's kind of related. But the, the feedback I know is critical for the teams and the team members, and then really rewarding them. So, you you know you go yeah. take that away. Absolutely, this is the best part, man. I'm so glad you asked these questions. Um, mm-hmm. But it's also one that is so easy for people in our uh, profession to get wrong. Um, hmm. And we all know intuitively what the answers to these questions are and should be. It's just a matter of doing it and executing on it. I'll start with feedback. Absolutely. I mean, I said it earlier. People want to be valued and they want to be heard. Mm-hmm. Um, feedback doesn't have to be a scary thing. Sometimes it has to be raw and honest. But, you know, if you're doing it well, you're doing it right, it doesn't have to be a scary thing. And I think that comes back to the question you asked about roles and responsibilities. Are you being clear about what your expectations are and what the outcomes are that you're looking to see? Because I think that's going to lend itself to um, naturally positive feedback. So uh, if you're clear with people, you know, uh, more often than not, they're going to deliver for you and yeah. um, that feedback yeah. is going to be a, a synergistic process where mm-hmm. you know you're telling them hey these, look at all these things you're doing great and just you know I'm not displeased about this but if you wanted an area to improve look at over here and um, people people really thrive on that but it's just it's one of those things dude that it gets yep. put on the back burner and it gets overlooked no, you have to. You know, positive you reinforcement Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and so great segue right into your other question, which is about rewarding efforts and celebrating successes. Yep. And, and yes, of course, um, you know, we we just kind of cleared the hurdle with our budget and uh, the other night. Okay. And 
Um, I said to the board, you know, after I thanked them for their support, I said, um, you know, I don't get to say it enough, but this is a, a group effort, man. This is mm. like, I, I get the opportunity to lead it and I'm, I'm grateful for that, but um, there's a lot of people putting a lot of work into this. And um, I, I think you, you've got to give credit where credit's mm. due. I, I try to go overboard with that, but I still feel like mm. I don't do it enough. Um, but, you know, give people the credit. Even if you think, you know, you might have it coming, give mm. it whenever you can. Because, yeah, I agree with that. Um, you, you just cannot do that enough and mm-hmm. people i tell you what man the the, the way people you make people feel is the one thing that they'll always remember about you so yeah. um can't stress it enough but i also feel like i don't do it enough no nah, i think you probably do it's an always a nice touch but you know you just sometimes may feel you don't but you know you really hit on a lot of good points tim um i appreciate it and i know your time is valuable as everyone else so um i'm gonna you know wrap it up here but um i guess you did save the best for last um with the <laughs> questions and and i again i really appreciate it so um at this Thank point you, man i appreciate you having me yeah 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 at this point i'm just going to tell everybody out there it's jack mitchell SEO perspective signing off and um i'll catch everybody um next week and every week we'll have more and more in store okay <laughs>